Hello and welcome at the PAVE podcast, created for the professional working to end the violence against women and children. I'm Aliana, your host, and today I'm honored to talk with Mandy Sangera about her life and her work as an international human rights activist. You can find the show notes, links and references at www.professionalsagainstviolence.com. Let's get started. Hello, Mandy. Welcome at the PAVE podcast. There's so much we can say about you. You're a TEDx speaker, an international human rights activist. I have spent the last 27 years supporting victims and survivors of honor-based violence and cultural abuse, forced marriage. Mandy, what can you tell us more about yourself? Okay, I'm Mandy Sangera. I live in the UK, but actually I travel all around the world um, talking about honor-based violence, ritual abusive practices. So a lot of the work that I do is nothing to do with religion. It's about cultural practices. So we talk about FGM, we talk about forced marriages, we talk about children being branded witches or young girls experiencing breast dining. So forms of violence against women. And I've been doing this for 27 years. And you're involved with the UN? What I'm involved with the UN is actually a part of their UN Women for Youth. So what I'm doing now, because something that I'm very passionate about is actually inspiring and motivating the next generation. Because somebody like myself, who has now smashed a glass ceiling, is so important that actually I inspire and actually empower and help the next generation. It's important that a woman of colour who's campaigned on disability and women's rights and talked about issues that my community would not talk about 27, 25 years ago. So it's important now that I'm empowering the next generation to take a stand. So that's why I'm involved. I'm flying out to New York again in March, and I will be talking at CSW for Youth. I will be talking about ending violence against women again. Uh, is there something uh, going on right now that you are working on? Oh, I'm doing quite a lot at the moment. I'm feeling really, really excited. Um, one of the things that I'm currently doing is I'm doing quite a lot of research at the moment because actually it's really important that you're always learning. You're always kind of educating yourself because things move forward so much. And one of the things that I'm doing now is I'm looking at women with learning disabilities who have been victims of honor-based violence, who have been victims of abuse, being forced into a marriage. So to me, it's really important that professionals understand capacity, they understand consent, they understand that sometimes parents will force their child with a disability into a marriage. So I'm working on that. I'm also involved with the child abuse inquiry in the United Kingdom. So we're looking at children who have been victims of child abuse in the United Kingdom, whether that was years ago or now with grooming. So there's been an awful lot of young children who have been victims of being sexually exploited by men. I'm also involved with a forced marriage campaign with the Sharon Project, and the campaign is called Our Girl. And we're now going into schools and we're and colleges, and we're raising awareness of forced marriages. And I do a lot of talks around the world. I was out in Malaysia, Singapore, Dubai, Indonesia, and America and Canada last year, Riga. I've, you know, it's been a crazy year last year, and this year seems to be no different. I was wondering that when you are old and are looking back to your life, what do you want to have accomplished? What is the desired outcome of your work? I feel very blessed and very lucky because I feel that actually... I've achieved so much more than I ever expected. 
But when I look back at my life, which I do all the time, and I kind of think, wow, I have spoken at the UN, spoken at UN Women, spoken in Geneva, spoken at Brussels. I've spoken all around the world in the world's most prestige venues and colleges and universities. But that is not what drives me. To me, when I'm empowering the next generation, when I see young people becoming activists because they want to follow my footsteps, to me, that is the biggest passion. That is the biggest driving force. To me, when I see young people like you wanting to make a difference, that's what motivates me. Because actually, there is no I in team. You know, I'm not on my own. It's so important that I continue to mentor and empower the next generation. That is what my legacy, I hope, will be. And that is what is, drives me. Are there any roadblocks? Um, There's some real issues. There are. There's an awful lot of things happening at the moment because I'm meeting a lot of women who are victims in conflict. So women who are being victims of, say, have been abused by ISIS or women who've been abused in any country. I mean, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to be involved in the end rape in conflict with Angelina Jolie. I was involved with a girls summit with them. Um, Prime Minister Cameron, Malala, and Prime Minister May, who is our now Prime Minister. Like yesterday when I was watching the news and we are still facing women being, you know, to be marching around the world to stand up for their own rights and we're still tackling gender equality in 2017. It is a really sad time. And I think that, um, you know, we need to change attitudes. We need to change mindsets of not just men, but women as well, you know, because actually people use culture, they use religion, they use out-of-date practices to hide behind, to inflict violence against women. And that needs to stop. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there a way um, I and the listener can support you? Yes, I have a Twitter, <laughs> I do a Twitter chat every Wednesday okay. and um, it's called Empowerment Hour. That's on Wednesday from 8 till 9 p.m. UK time. And I have people all across the world that come on that. And we talk about topics that are affecting young people. Like today, I'll be doing a Twitter chat, 3.30 UK time, with somebody in India who approached me because they were inspired by the marches in India yesterday. And they've asked me to come on and do a Twitter chat. So I do webinars. I do a lot of things where I think it's important. When you have a voice and you are respected in the media, the community be gets behind you. Yes. then you have to use that position and you have to use it to get the message out there. You have to challenge out-of-date cultural conditioning and out-of-date cultural norms and say to people, enough's enough. You know what? We need to empower our young girls. We cannot carry on um, inflicting violence. And also, I'm doing a lot of work with men because actually men have to be a part of the solution not being seen as the problem. So I have a friend, Jerry Campbell and Ravi um, in the UN. I have people like Muz, who is a police, works with the police and that. So I have a real good network of males who are supporting me, who are a part of my network, who are supporting me with that message to end violence against women. And they are promoting gender equality. So it's so important that actually I work with young people I work with communities around the world, whether that's in England or the Netherlands or in Pakistan. I agree that we should involve the men too, that they have a responsibility to speak out. Their voice should be heard and to be listened to. 
Well, Mandy, last October I was invited to speak during one of the workshops of the WAVE conference in Berlin. And after that, I stayed to follow some of the other workshops that were given. And it was during the third workshop, which was presented by uh, Pierre de Laurent from Denmark. I probably will will pronounce the names wrong, but Fania Makonovic and Tanya Ignatovic from Serbia and Sibela Stoch from Germany. During that workshop, I felt completely silent because at that moment I discovered that the problems we face in the Netherlands with um, the sport and protection of children after abuse was a big global issue. There were so many nationalities in the room and Well, that moment was life-changing for me. Do you have a moment in your life or during your career, perhaps, that changed the way you look at your place in the world differently? Life for everyone. We all go through journeys, and sometimes we will come across hurdles, we will come across barriers, we will come across things that we should never experience, whether it's violence or whether it's health or losing somebody that you love. And I've experienced all of those things at some point in my life. But I think that my spirit in, within me told me to never give up. I have been somewhat different to most people in my community and my family. I had a strong sense of self-worth. To me, it was about standing up for what I believe in. Being brought up um, you know, in a loving home, being brought up in a good family and around a good community, um, I'm not that religious. I'm more of a spiritual person. I believe in being a good person and I believe in standing up for what is right and not hiding behind religion and culture. There have been times in my life that I have been pushed and I've been tested. I have seen things that I wish that I would never have seen in my lifetime. But then I have to see those things because actually I believe that God brings things to my attention because he knows that I'm strong enough to voice and empower and support those women. And I do believe that actually this was my calling. I was not dealt a card like other people where I could have children do 2.4 children or anything like that. I had gone through cancer. I've gone through hysterectomy. I've gone through um, an awful marriage. I've gone through things that other women have gone through, but I have never given up. Actually, it's made me stronger. I'm so proud of what I've managed to achieve in my lifetime. If I look at my life and I think, wow, do you know what? It's been an amazing life. It's been an amazing opportunity. But I don't take that for granted. I believe in wanting to help other people. I want to be inspiring women who may have lost their way, who may not have hope, who may not be able to believe in themselves and say, well, actually, do you know what? I can do that. Look at that. Mandy has got over that. Mandy has achieved what she wanted to. I've achieved way more than I ever expected in my lifetime. I look at my life and I think, like your earlier question, it's been an amazing life. I am so grateful to God. I'm so grateful for every opportunity. But I think it's important that people like myself in a position of power create those opportunities for the next generation. It is so important that we continue to inspire and we give the next generation hope. We have to take you along on the journey because that is what I sleep, breathe and live. I mentor now so many people around the world 
I feel honored that I'm being headhunted by organizations to be taken on to headhunt and to mentor and empower the next generation. I'm going out to do a talk at King's College next month. The tickets have already sold out. I'm doing an event with Princess Trust on Friday uh, with Prince Charles's organization about engaging young children who have not got opportunities. I feel so blessed. I feel so lucky. It's been an amazing life. Absolutely. Do you have the feeling that because you have known despair that you're more open to gratitude? I think, you know what I do? I live my life um, by being grateful for everything that comes my way. I live my life by law of attraction. Some people may not know what that is. It's based on quantum physics. I am a bit of a geek. I love reading. <laughs> I love science. I love maths. Um, so yeah, I'm, this is why I'm doing all the research and I'm working in with Singapore and other organizations like Thailand and everywhere this year as well. It's so important that you are reinventing yourself. You're learning things. But actually, um, it's so important that we don't become complacent. It's important that abuse does not become a part of life, that actually it doesn't affect me, so I don't need to be interested in it. We all have a moral compass. We have a duty of care to everybody. We have a responsibility. And you know what? You don't have to be an international speaker like myself. You can be somebody in a grassroots organization in the Netherlands, in Pakistan, in India, making a little ripple effect. You know what? A little effect is better than nothing. We all have a duty to do something. It's so important that we all come together to address the issues because in different cultures, different abuses happen to women. I'm not just talking about my own community. I talk about African communities. I talk about the Chinese community. I talk about Native American women because violence against women is violence against women. Whichever way you dress it up, that's what it is. And we all have a duty. We have a responsibility. And you know what? It was really empowering to watch women yesterday and men come together to stand up for what they thought was wrong. And the other thing is, though, you know what? I'm not going to pass judgment on here because now Trump has been, re you know, has been elected by people. He has to prove himself. And sometimes people say things. And actually, you know, I've come across many men in my lifetime who hold that point of view. Some of them probably wouldn't openly say those things, but actually it's been so difficult. I've had to challenge stereotypes, negative stereotypes over the years, and people will challenge you. And it's not just men, but I've also experienced it from women as well. And gender does not just apply to women. It also applies to men, people from LBGT communities. So gender is not just around women. Being a feminist is not just about women. We belong to one race, regardless of our ethnicity, our gender. We belong to one race, and it's called the human race. I think that in my darkest times has been the most amazing time too. When I've been in a place where I've been felt vulnerable, I felt lost, felt confused, questioned faith, questioned everything, and, but I never gave up because I had to look at it that something good will come out of the bad. And you know what? I live by that. And when I look at my life, it's been amazing. And when I look at it, and sometimes people will say to me, oh, poor you, you don't have children. And I said, do you know what? Yeah, I wasn't dealt that card. 
But you know what? God had bigger plans for me. I can pick up my suitcase. I can go anywhere at a drop of a hat. I can go anywhere around the world and I don't have to worry about childcare or anything like that. So you have to look at the positives. It would be amazing to have had children, but I have nieces and nephews that I love more than life you know, itself. They are everything. So you look at the positives, you look at the blessings, because I'm lucky to be here today, because actually I may have not been here. So that's why when I look at things in my life, um, it's been an amazing life. And I'm so passionate and so driven about inspiring the next generation. This is why it was so important for me to get involved with youth organizations, whether it's the UN, whether it's the Princess Trust, whether it's other organizations around the world. Because to me, I want to create the next generation of activists. That is what is my legacy. That is my driving force. When young people come to me, I connect them to organizations in their country. I bring them along to events. There's a young girl who I mentor who's been listed in Forbes under 30 for 30, Chaya. I'm so proud. I feel so blessed and honored to be a part of her journey. There are so many young people that I meet and they're a little bit lost. They don't know where they want to be. And actually a good mentor or a supporter and a friend. And you can buy into their vision and you support them and you create opportunities. It's so rewarding. It's so rewarding to see people um, find their confidence, to find their voice. So like when I see young girls in Pakistan, I'm involved with um, the first ever World Film Festival for Women in Pakistan. I'm being the judge for some of the films that we've had. I'm so proud of the, the, um, the young lady that's got behind that. She's bringing women together and men to bring, and they're gonna showcase films. And um, I just feel so lucky that I've had an amazing life. I've, you know, I say that and people are like, why do you always say that? And I said, you know what? Because I live my life by being grateful. Um, you know, I feel so incredibly blessed because actually, um, you know, you can't be complacent. You know, this has taken years of blood, sweat and tears. It's been a very hard um, journey. journey. It really has. But you know what? It was about listening to your inner voice, listening to your intuition and never giving up. When you're being threatened by people, when people are targeting your family or whether people are trolling you or whether women decide to gang up together, three, four of them to try and discredit you, the truth will always be the truth, no matter how many people decide to stand together to badmouth you. The facts is that I have got a, a motto that I say, I let my work do the talking. My actions speak louder than words. And also, I read a post on Facebook recently, and they said, empty vessels make the loudest noises. <laughs> and it kind of made me smile. And I thought, yes. you know what? People will see through what I'm about. And just because two or three people have decided that they don't like the way I look, or they don't like what I stand for, that doesn't bother me, because there are hundreds and thousands of people who believe in my vision. They believe in me standing up for women. They believe in what I do for children. They love what I do with young men and my changing mindsets, changing attitudes, out-of-date cultural attitudes. 
so where men have been treated like princes and you know i'm kind of thinking well why do you need to be on that pedestal why can your sister not be on that stool so we're changing attitudes and that is going to take a long time but you know what we'll get there there is no doubt that you are inspiration including for myself <laughs> enormous <laughs> inspiration but who are the women that inspire you the most do you know what um I would say that actually over the years that somebody like um, Oprah yeah, and Maya um, and I kind of look at those women, they were women of color yes. who were, because when I look at myself, when I was campaigning 27 years ago, there wasn't many Asian women or women of color at the UN or in government or Amnesty or anywhere like that. It was dominated by men. Then it was dominated by white middle-class women and there was no real women of color able to campaign at that level so to me i then had to look at it and think and actually people like oprah are doing so well and i was living in canada at the time and in america and i was watching women and i was thinking do you know what we need to be standing up and talking about issues affecting women in my community. We need to become these women who are going to smash that ceiling. We need to be the women who are going to empower the next generation and show young people from ethnic minorities, from the black community, the Asian, the Hispanic community, what other community that it's okay to dream because actually we do get through that ceiling. Absolutely. And now we have, it's a floor for the next generation. So people for you, like you, Alian, it's so important that you follow through and, you know, make your own mark and you get through there because you've got the driven, the passion, and it's important for people like me to mentor, to support you, to connect you, to open doors for you. So then you are going to be the next generation. And thank you for, you know, believing in what I'm about as well, because that means a lot to me that young people buy into my vision. That is what motivates me. That is what drives me. That is what gets me out of bed in the morning. Mandy, you just mentioned that you do a lot of research and that you read books. And I was wondering, what is a book that recently inspired you and why? Yeah. Um, I'm, do you know what, actually? Because I'm actually writing um, forwards for a few books, I'm actually reviewing so many books. And there's a young girl that I mentor, her name is Kelbia, and she's written a book called Not Our Daughter. And I've just written a review on that book. And it hit a nerve with me because I went through a marriage and actually, you know what, my marriage didn't last long. It wasn't that great of an experience. It was pretty awful to be honest with you. But actually what happened was, it hit a lot of nerves with me. 20 odd years later, I looked at it and I thought, you know what, why have we not changed? And people marry daughters into their homes and they still treat daughter-in-laws like second-class citizens. They still see them not like their own daughter. They sometimes treat them differently. They don't want to let them sit at the table. They don't want them to be um, going out with them at times or they're not allowed they're just there to cook clean and be like a maid we need to change those attitude women are more than those labels women are women and you know we have to respect women because women are so much more than men they recreate life and we need to give them the, the status that they deserve it's so important 
I'm always reading. I just love reading. But this is the, the book that I'm currently reading is Calbius because I've reviewed it and I was really blown away. And I think not just Asian women or black women or anybody, I think all women can relate to that because there's always attitudes with mother-in-laws not thinking that you're good enough for this. And so I think it's going to be a real good book. We're reaching the end of the interview. I really want to thank you for our conversation and sharing your knowledge and your vision with uh, the audience and myself. Thank um, you. you. You're doing amazing work, raising awareness as well of violence against women. It's so important that people in your country and people around the world get behind you and in support you because actually, you know, I'm so passionate and so driven about wanting to support the next generation is my vision. And, you know, and I'm so honored to be on your podcast and I wish you all the best and I look forward to hearing it. But thank you again and um, hope you all have a lovely Sunday too. Well, thank you, Mandy, for telling us about your work and inspiring us with your visions and ideas. I am pretty much looking forward to see what you're about to do next. You've been listening to the PAVE podcast, created by Liana Loega for professionals working to end the violence against women and children. For the show notes, links and references, please visit professionalsagainstviolence.com slash blog.